hustling, every day I'm 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 every day I'm every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm hustling. Okay, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm late. Hello and welcome to the Hustle Points Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Rudy St. Clair, and today we're going over the Lakers, and mostly the Lakers, and how disappointing they are. Sorry I'm late. I was running from my living room, which I may or may not have outside of this closet, which I may or may not ever, ever leave, uh, to get some coffee. So, uh, this podcast can have a little bit more energy to it because it's gonna feel pretty grim. It's gonna feel pretty grim. I ran in here a little late, and that's why I was delayed on the intro. You might have been wondering where is that typical hello and welcome with that extra long and well, it was delayed just like this podcast was due to time constraints. <laughs> uh, let's just say that. No, no, I, I kid. Uh, last night I wanted to record a Lakers focused podcast. Uh, to do the three shows in three days with the regular Monday release. Uh, but the Lakers faced the other better L.A. team that night in the Clippers. And I wanted to watch that game because of how pivotal it was to the season. You know, going into that game, I might have thought that there's no way LeBron loses this because this is effectively a must-win. Uh, it really puts them in a spot now that they've lost that game uh, that they need to win probably 15 out of their remaining 18 games to even have a shot at the playoffs. But because that game was so significant, I just had to watch it before stepping into the booth here in my closet, which I definitely never leave. And, you know, just get you guys a good program with up-to-date information, uh, not give you a uh, a piece of programming which you could only listen to for a very short window of time, which it would make sense for it to even have any entertainment or educational type of value to it. You know, if I missed out on the game last night, but had all these thoughts about L.A., and then had some opinions change about L.A. after that game, that is what had to record a whole other show, and then you would have had to listen to it all again, and like, is that really what we want? Is you listening to a bunch of episodes? Or do I want you listening to one really good episode? Uh, as I've said before, I value your time, listener. So I uh, was willing to postpone my regular Monday day release in order to have a better, more informed opinion here on Tuesday morning. Uh, initially, I planned to record immediately after the game, but those West Coast games are just so late that by the time it was over, I was pretty fucking tired. <laughs> Excuse me. Get another sip of this coffee. And, uh, what can I say, man? LeBron is over. Hashtag LeBron is over party. I mean, I just don't know what to even think or where to begin. To be quite honest, this is a, uh, a very off-the-cuff edition of the show. If you haven't noticed, you know, I was very late coming in the intro. I didn't give my normal spiel about following me on Twitter, which you definitely should, at NBA underscore Rudy. Because that is where most of the content of today's episode is coming from. It is replying and expounding, extending, what is what is a good phrase? Um, going on more and more about what 
uh, your tweets had to say, can't you tell it's early? I just woke up. Um, hence the coffee. So, with that being said, there will be sort of no uh, unnamed highlight segment from the NBA podcast and Twitter community, whatever you want to call it. The, the NBA fan zone, uh, there's not going to be any any highlights from that arena uh, because basically the whole show is highlights from that arena uh, in combination with uh, my own usual spiel of personal opinions on the game and the and the status of the NBA and again mostly the Lakers so we will be doing seven seconds or less it will not be a Lakers focused seven seconds or less so stick around to the end for a quick 48 second segment of all of the headline stories that don't really need too much more detail gone into them beyond the headline and a quick one sentence reaction uh is a closing segment of every show, and uh, it helps me kind of communicate the importance of, again, your time to me. Because a lot of NBA stories that go through the daily news cycle aren't really worth paying that much attention to, or really aren't even stories at all. Um, So I want to give you only the stories that I think are significant, and... If they're only a little bit significant, then they only get a little bit of time, and it's right at the end of the show, so stick around if you're new. Uh, It is a very enjoyable segment, and it only lasts uh, less than a minute. Uh, So here we go, on to your tweets and my tweets and my thoughts on L.A. and the Lakers. So, key L.A. talking point number one, okay? The Lakers are done. Uh, maybe not 100%, you know, they're not literally mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. But, oh man, do they have a tough road ahead. And do I mean tough? Prior to last night's game, they had the seventh toughest remaining schedule in terms of opponent winning percentage uh, for the remainder of the year. I don't know what it is ever since they beat L.A. Let me look that up right quick for you, audience. Yes, and even after losing to the Clippers last night, they still remain at the seventh most difficult schedule remaining in the year. Uh, Of the 18 upcoming games, uh, the toughest opponents, according to tankathon.com, are the Bucks, the Raptors, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Thunder, and the Blazers. And then the easiest games are the Knicks, the Bulls, the Wizards, the Pelicans, and Charlotte. Now, L.A. has lost three very, very winnable games, even before this Clippers game, uh, with a victory, or excuse me, a loss, a victory for me, but a loss to my Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Go Grizz. Uh, Again, shooting for that ninth worst spot, but we'll get into that. Uh, a little bit more next week when it's a little bit uh, a little bit closer to the end of the year. And L.A. isn't such a buzzing topic. Uh, they also lost to the Anthony Davis-less New Orleans Pelicans, as well as the Phoenix Suns. Unbelievably, the Phoenix Suns. Not only beat L.A., but also Milwaukee. Insane. I can't believe the Suns have picked up a single quality win this year. I mean, they have some talent, but not enough to get high-quality NBA wins, but apparently there is just just barely enough to get a couple good wins a year. Hopefully they develop and become something 
to uh, make the West even more loaded. Again, that's only tangentially related. L.A. is done. LeBron is out there playing like an old man. I am not a bona fide LeBron hater. Put in that LeVar Ball clip. You are a hater. But, I gotta say, just watching him out there, every time I watch him, the effort is not there. He plays like he's too good to play. Like, it's not worth his time to be on the floor with a bunch of young losers. <laughs> I mean, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Josh Hart and Kuzma haven't really accomplished anything in their NBA career yet that would uh, warrant any sort of uh, hellacious level of respect from LeBron. And uh, after the Rich Paul Anthony Davis to L.A. that never happened fiasco at the trade deadline, uh, I think that locker room fundamentally broke with all the attention on the, from the media. And it really shows in the court. I mean, L.A. is just plain not good. Before the season, if you were one of the uh, handful of people who said that the Lakers might not even make the playoffs this year, I wouldn't have quite laughed at you, but I would not have been able to take you very seriously. Uh, it's really quite incredible to me that they're in this position. Uh, sure, LeBron has the excuse of missing 17 games this season. Uh, but really, he doesn't, because even since he's returned from the groin injury, uh, they've had a losing record. And maybe he's more injured than he's leading us on to believe, and that's why he's playing even more like an old man than he usually does. But, oh my goodness, I just can't believe how bad LeBron is. I mean, I've never seen a player who could put, put up 28-8-8 so easily look so bad on the floor. I mean, obviously the whole offense runs through him. With no Lonzo on the floor, there's a lot of intangible things that aren't getting done on the floor, uh, as well as, uh, you know, no secondary real ball handler to bring it up and run the point, other than LeBron, uh, with both Lonzo and Ingram out too. Uh, Rondo was seemingly the only player on the floor last night who really wanted to win that game. Uh, of course, he's a point guard, but he uh, is not a scoring threat in much of any way, so he's really just there to uh, drive and kick and hit the occasional open three. Uh, Rondo, very underrated shooter ever since uh, his Chicago days where he was the best shooter on the team. Uh, shout out to Rusty Buckets. If you haven't listened to our chat, uh, go just two or three episodes down in the podcast thread when you're done with this episode. This is a pretty quick episode. It's it's just me talking to you and myself alone here in my closet. So I like to keep these nice and short. Uh, nobody likes to listen to somebody endlessly talk to themselves for over an hour. That's just crazy. Uh, plus, it's also a little bit more difficult for me to edit it when it lasts that long. Uh, but more importantly, if you haven't listened to that Rusty show, be sure to check it out. Uh, honestly, listen to all my interviews if you ever see one that you haven't listened to yet, because my goal with the interview content, and I talked to Emio a little bit about this in my interview with the NBA Storyteller, um, but I want my interviews to be evergreen content, which is not a terribly uh, unique phrase or anything. It's something that gets thrown around in the content game uh, fairly often. But I want my audience, you guys, to be able to enjoy those interviews upon any time of finding my show. 
whether you are one of the loyal day ones that, you know, are among the dozen or so people that have been listening from the very, very beginning, or if you're just now stumbling across me uh, because I spammed you with a DM on Twitter, uh, which, I'm kidding, I, I don't spam. I barely even reach out to people on Twitter and be like, hey, would you listen to my show? I just tweet. So again, follow me on Twitter. You're missing the good stuff. Uh, it's so definitely the good stuff that it is actually fundamentally at the core of this episode. So let's get the fuck into it, y'all. Before the game started, I was talking to a few people about the likelihood of the Lakers making the playoffs uh, before, obviously, we knew that they were going to lose the Clippers. And uh, at real Jonathan Zero, yeah, at real Jonathan Zero, uh, was saying to me that, you know, oh, they were 20 and 14 before the injuries, and, uh, you know, they still have a chance. Uh, overall, to which I said, uh, you know, I've always thought that LeBron was going to play until he is about 45 years old. And just rack up counting stats. Uh, everything I'm saying here. Again, almost directly quoted off of my Twitter, so follow me if you don't. And uh, I've been calling LeBron's Lakers era of his career the fourth act because uh one dividing the eras simply by the team changes uh but more importantly uh most films you know don't have a four act structure traditionally films have a three act structure so what i call lebron's lakers stint the fourth act uh it's sort of implying that there's something non-traditional happening, and also perhaps implying that there's a bit of excess uh, substance. Now, we can't really have excess LeBron, but think about it this way. If you're watching a film, you know, another entertainment product, one which lasts significantly shorter than a career of an athlete, obviously, but they are both indeed entertainment products, right? If you're watching a film, and it lasts for three and a half hours, right? You're going to want that film to be one of the greatest films you've ever seen. Absolutely one of the greatest films you've ever seen. Without a doubt, you know, Titanic is a very good film. And it's, I believe, over three hours in runtime, where most movies typically hover around two. Uh, so, most films that run that long are not contained to the simple three-act structure. They have additional acts to them. But if you're going to have more than three acts in a film, it better be worth it. And so, hopefully LeBron can make this fourth act of his career worth it. Um, but apparently LeBron just isn't really good enough to make up for the losses of fucking Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Like... They're respectable players, make no mistake. I clown Brandon Ingram all the time for being a glorified Wesley Johnson, which is not true. They're both just tall and skinny, play similar positions. Brandon Ingram's obviously better than Wes Johnson, but oh man, is that a fun thing to say? It's just like saying Zion is just a uh, a glorified Anthony Bennett. 
with a 40-inch vertical. <laughs> if L.A. had just simply won the winnable games against the Pelicans, Suns, and Grizzlies, then this Clippers loss wouldn't have mattered half as much. But they've put themselves in a position where they need to basically win 15 games uh, out of their next 18. Hope that Sacramento totally shits the bed. And maybe, maybe the only other way out is if maybe Sacramento doesn't totally shit the bed, that the Rockets somehow collapse because of a tragic injury to their best player, James Harden, or something like that. Not that if, not that I wish that upon anybody, uh, much less a great player like James Harden. But that would be pretty much one of the only outs to get LeBron in to the playoffs. Uh, so primary topic number two regarding L.A., uh, I don't think that they should sit LeBron uh, because I don't think LeBron would even let it happen, honestly. Uh, but more importantly, I don't think they need to do it in order to tank if they're just going to accept that they're not in the playoffs. You know, increase those odds at getting Zion. But uh, if you are aware of the history of the NBA draft lottery, then you probably know that if the Lakers miss the playoffs, then they have just as good of a chance as anybody else in that lottery to land the number one spot. If not a better chance than anybody, arguably. I mean, if it's not going to be New York or Chicago, then it's probably going to be L.A. Look, I know in the year 2019, it's not 1989. We don't rely on big markets to produce big dollars for the NBA nearly as much. Uh, players don't rely on it as much. Uh, but it still matters. Uh, Kawhi wanted to leave San Antonio because of the culture there, not really allowing him to flourish into the star superstar, even a bona fide superstar. He's one of the best players in the league. Uh, that he really is in the public eye. Uh, most people's perceptions of Kawhi while he was in San Antonio was like, wow, look at this literal basketball machine. He must be a robot because I know nothing about his uh, humanity. And uh, that's because of the Spurs culture. And part of that culture exists because of the small market nature of being a San Antonio Spur. Uh, but when you're in L.A., Chicago, New York, you know, even if you're just friggin' Joe Kim Noah, you know, post-operation, uh, not really even playing, you know, you can still go get too lit and party hard and be known across the city as a Nick. You don't get that in San Antonio. You don't get that in Memphis, who could very well end up with the number one pick, but won't because the association, the capital T association, capital A, SS, um, won't allow a star with as much attention on him as Zion to go to a small market. He has to go to Chicago, L.A., or New York. There's no way he's going to Phoenix. There's no way he's going to Memphis. I guess Dallas is a possibility, but they're... I mean, they gave away their pick. I think it's only protected 
for number one, if at all? I'll check on that for you, too. Okay, so here's the skinny on the draft protections of the Doncic, Trey Young, Atlanta Hawks, Dallas Mavericks swap from the draft. Uh, Dallas, of course, traded up, so they, they gave up a future first-round pick to get Luka. Uh, that pick is protected this year, 1-5. through five. Next year, 1-5. through five. And then the following two years, 1-3. through three. And then finally in 2023, it is unprotected. So, there you go. Dallas can indeed land the number one pick and get Zion. It is a possibility. And oh my gosh, that team would be so good. If you haven't already, go check out the interview with a Mavericks fan, Max Levy, also an amateur NBA scout, that I posted a couple days ago. Uh, should be the most recent or second most recent show. Uh, but Zion, Luca, and Chris Tapps, holy cow, that would be quite the super team. And quite the organically created super team, too. You know, that's not a bought and paid for super team that was created by the players. That's a super team assembled by front offices and ownership and good moves from the team, not just players, you know, buddying up, uh, which I personally don't have a problem with players buddying up, but I know some people do. I don't quite get it. If you want to argue about that with me, uh, hit me up on Twitter or slide into the Bucket Discord server and argue with the dozen or so people that we have in there now. Or, uh, you know, if you really want to argue that point and you hate super teams that are created by players themselves, we can argue that on the show. Just just hit me up, and I'll, I'll bring you on. Uh, just like I'm bringing people who, uh, you know, tweet at me onto the show in a very indirect way uh, with this episode. But let's get back to L.A. This is the L.A. episode, okay? I haven't talked Lakers very much at all except for one episode this season, which has now been deleted from most platforms, uh, where I interviewed uh, my personal friend, but he didn't really like being uh, in the public eye, even in much of a anyway, He doesn't use social media and all that. So that got taken down. Uh, he just simply asked me to. If you're listening on a platform where that episode is still up, go listen to it. I, I like it. Uh, uh, until Go listen while you still can before it's gone. Give you an interesting look at uh, both my view of the Lakers and a pretty rational Lakers fan's perspective on the Lakers uh, before this disastrous fallout of injuries and effort and drama all of this LA season has been insane it's going to be strange to see a LeBronless playoffs that's for sure but um too long didn't read the Lakers have a good chance of getting Zion by missing the playoffs uh, I can't help but feel like the the league would feel like they're making it too obvious that they're uh, fixing the draft in favor of a more entertaining product rather than, you know, a randomly created product. I don't think the NBA is going to leave some of the most marquee instances of change uh, in their business year to year uh, be left up to mere chance. I I really do sincerely believe the lottery is just a way for them to have more backdoor control of the league that they run, 
which I'm honestly fine with. <laughs> you know, I want to be entertained. So if the NBA wants to do what it can to make a more entertaining product by any means, you know, behind closed doors or not, I'm okay with it. I am okay with it. If you're not, let me know. But if LA lands Zion, do you think they trade Zion for Anthony Davis? Or do you think um, they try to farm up Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, uh, Mike Muscala, <laughs> uh, and Zion underneath LeBron? Do you think LeBron's going to uh, have the patience to uh, let this team become an ensemble of pretty good players instead of just a bunch of young potential? Or is LeBron going to put on his GM hat and trade that youth for some veteran presence? Which, honestly, I don't see where doing anything except getting Anthony Davis would really put the Lakers in contention. I mean, sure, Kevin Durant. But I don't think Kevin's going to L.A. unless it's for the Clippers. I think the Clippers and the Knicks are the two most exciting teams in 2019 free agency. But we're not there yet. Uh, the Lakers, if you ask me, this time last year, would have replaced the Clippers as the most exciting team. But with the Knicks' Porzingis move, the Lakers being very unattractive to free agents now, in my opinion, uh, with this horrible, shitty season they've had, both on and off the court, I don't see a reason other than being LeBron's friend that anybody would want to join this team. Uh, over the Clippers and the Knicks, even. That's right, the Knicks, who have been cursed ever since the very first draft lottery was fixed in their favor so they can get Patrick Ewing. Uh, they've never been good except for like two seasons since then. <laughs> and uh, there's one where basically they got robbed by Michael Jordan, you know, with Patrick Ewing. And then another one where Amari Stoudemire and Carmelo Anthony uh, traded getting injured and passing the team off to the other guy <laughs> and uh, lucking into 55 wins. Other than those two seasons, the Knicks have been totally cursed. And yet, even still, they're a more attractive free agent destination this upcoming offseason than the L.A. Lakers. That is wild to me. It's just an opinion, and it's just mine. But it's still wild that I think that to me. I, I wouldn't have thought that I would have believed that five months ago, but I do. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let me know on Twitter or the Bucket Discord server. Oh, man. Let's get into seven seconds or less. I've already told you about the purpose of the show, why it exists, what it tries to accomplish. So, without any further ado, let's just go. Del Demps got fired, and it should have happened after letting Boogie walk. Bledsoe re-upped with the Bucks, and I look more and more correct about my Milwaukee predictions every passing day. Zion blew out his shoe against North Carolina, and the NBA immediately let the PA know that they're working on the one-and-done rule. I say let's let 16-year-olds into the G League and lower the NBA age gate to 18. The NBA denies that Donaghy fixed games 12 years after he pled guilty. Yeah, right, Adam. Uh, Bogut, Terrence Jones are redoing... Not redoing, re-signing with their old teams, plus Palestine with the Bucks, and people say the center position is dead. Draymond Green is reportedly close to signing with Rich Paul. Uh, makes me very doubtful that he'll be a forever warrior, and Cat broke his Iron Man streak after a car wreck, but it is ultimately okay because Iron Man streaks are overrated and harmful to the player. Yeah, that's right. As sad and scary as it is to have a player uh, miss his first NBA game due to something as freakish as a car accident, 
uh, it really brought to my attention and made me start thinking about how Iron Man streaks uh, only help a player's reputation. Uh, it establishes them as a tough guy or whatever, and it uh, really just makes them look good. But ultimately, like consequentially, you think they might make their career last a little bit longer by taking some nights off, by uh, not pushing themselves to the literal maximum extent which they can in terms of number of games played. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's not encourage Iron Man streaks. Uh, let's just uh, admire them at most while they're happening, but not to be uh, too eager to mourn the loss of a uh, consecutive games played streak. Um, so that was seven seconds or less. That means it was the end of the show. That was seven stories in 48 seconds. Uh, therefore, each delivered on average in seven seconds or less. Hence the name. So I hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Hustle Points NBA show uh, with a delayed intro and all about LeBro James. Okay, that was awful. Goodbye. And before I forget, please, for the millionth time, follow me on Twitter at NBA underscore Rudy and join the Bucket Discord server. I think I'm going to just start calling it a secret society of elite NBA group chat or some bullshit like that. Um, it's really just, just, a, just a Discord server uh, that I dream of being a union for creative basketball people. But don't tell anyone that. It's a secret buried all the way in like the third episode of the show. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Hey.